Good morning, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here on this fine Labor Day 2018, September the 3rd, here on a fine Monday morning. All is quiet around. I guess everybody's sleeping late today. It was nobody on the road when I uh, came into the office this morning. Nice, quiet little country town. Love it. Nothing like it, praise God, but I'm here in the office and we're teaching Romans. We're in chapter 3. I want to encourage you to go back and study with me. Romans chapter 1, there's 23 sessions in chapter 1. There's 11 sessions in chapter 2. And today is our third session in chapter 3. And I'm expecting the Lord really to give us what we need today, that daily bread we desperately need. Do you know when it comes to studying the Word of God, when we are told to be, as Christians, students of the Word, like, you know, if, if, if there was somebody telling us they were giving us $10 million, if we could read this three paragraphs and understand it, we would have to understand it, then we could have that $10 million. I figure that everybody on the planet would be with everything they had within them trying to understand those three paragraphs. And understanding something is, is being able to express it. To, to, to know it is to be able to share it. And I tell you, that's the way we ought to be looking at God's Word because He's more precious than silver. He's costlier than gold. He's, he's more beautiful than diamonds, as the song would say. And, and we have God's Word here, and we live, literally live, by faith. And that faith only comes by hearing the Word of the Lord. And so I get thrilled each day ever since 1994 as I open God's Word daily. I, I just love the study of God's Word. And all the way from 94 to 1994 up until 2004. Think about that. Ten years that I just, I, I loved to study God's Word, but ten years I didn't really understand what God's Word was about. Oh, I could quote Scripture all day long and, 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 and really sound good. And I knew what the Bible said, but I did not know what the Bible meant. I did not know the avenue, the vein in which the Bible spoke. And, and, and it's very, after years of studying, and, it, and it's like this. God, you're not going to open the Bible and God just give you great, great revelation that He's like He's going to give you in five years down the road, ten years down the road. He's going to begin to feed you, yes, immediately, if your faith is in the avenue by which He can feed you, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. And the revelation grows. The knowledge grows. The grace in our lives grows. But... I'm going to start this session off for those of you that follow me with that scripture from Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. That means we must look through the message of the cross, through the gospel, what Christ did for us at Calvary, into the word. We'll be safe, my friends, for that is our refuge. That is what allows the Holy Spirit to shine the light 
of Jesus and what he did at Calvary into the Word so that he can engraft it, impart it into our hearts and we can walk in the light as he is in the light. So today we're in the book of Romans and we're in chapter 3, but I want to back up and start with verse 1. We'll roll right through to where we are today. Get your Bibles, join along with us. Please share these uh, sessions with your friends, relatives, co-workers, church uh, compadres there, your brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need to know what God's Word means. So watch this in Romans chapter 3. And Paul has just finished in his letter telling them that, uh, listen, outward circumcision doesn't make you a people of God. Doesn't make you a Jew. It's only the inward circumcision of the heart that makes you a Jew, a true Jew, a true child of God. And then he says in chapter 3, verse 1, what advantage then... Has the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? What profit do they have of being a Jew and circumcised and, and all that God has done in them and through them through the years? Watch this. Much, every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Do you not know that God gave the, the entirety of His Word through the Jewish nation? Even brought the Messiah, the Savior of the world, through the Jewish nation. So <clears throat> much in every way it profited being a Jew because they are the ones that God gave the word. <clears throat> They're the ones that through their nation God would bring the Messiah. But watch what Paul says, and he's, and he's here in a conflict again. He's dealing with a conflict that's in the church uh, as it is today. Every conflict that was in the church in that day is in the church this day. There's nothing new under the sun. Those that uh, had false claims of, of things in that day, the, those false claims are still here. Why? Because people are just people. And you're going to be stuck in something false until you just finally break down with a broken heart and a willing mind, come to God and say, the cross, Lord, is the answer. Not just to get me in the kingdom, into heaven. Not just to save me, but to lead me through this wicked world that I might eat off your table. Even in the presence of my enemies, that I might live for you in victory. The cross is the answer for everything in which I seek. Until we get to that point. We'll use God's Word out of context because we'll see it out of context and we'll listen to preachers and we'll even give the preachers tithes and offerings because they're not going to God unless a preacher is preaching God's Word in righteousness. And there will be no benefit of our tithing. And I know people say, well, bless God, I don't believe that. God's really blessed me as I've been listening. My question is, are you directly or indirectly blessed of the Lord? Because a lost person can start giving money to a church and be blessed indirectly of God because they live in a nation God has blessed. Or you can be blessed directly of God if you're giving to God according to the word. Bring all the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. And that day the meat were the animal sacrifices that were symbolic of the sacrifice of Christ. Today the meat in the house, in the storehouse, not just a building with a preacher and the singers and Sunday school and, and folks that have a form, but the meat in the house today is the message of the cross. The meat 
in the storehouse. So everybody who's just giving tithes and offerings to a religious place that's not preaching the message of the cross, not focused on the cross, there's no benefit for their giving. Oh, the light's being paid, the preacher's being paid, but there are no dividends on the return to them because they're giving. And you can play games with that or turn me off and write me off and it makes no difference. I've got a Bible and we can sit down and look at it and see that what I'm saying is true. Amen. The Bible says we give uh, to the Lord out of the sincerity of our love to prove the sincerity of our love. And let me say something. I didn't come to teach on this today, but I'm going to say it and move on. You do with it. what well, You need to pray about it. We can't even love the Lord without faith. And that's true faith, biblical faith. The only faith God recognizes is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. That means if my faith is not in the cross, I can't even love God because I love God by faith. But if my faith is not right faith, that means it's not working by love and therefore I have nothing to be able to love God with. Think about that. Think about that. Everything you do toward God is by faith. And that faith is either working by the love of the Son of God that gave Himself for you at Calvary, Galatians 2.20, or it's not. It's working out of some kind of something else. Think about that. Something to think about. Paul goes on to say here, much in every way is the Jew profited because they're the ones God gave the Word of God, the oracles of God, the Word of God. Watch this. For what if some did not believe? And I believe he's dealing here with a conflict, so it may have surely been, it may have been said this way. For what if some didn't believe? Like he was asked, well, what if some don't believe? You understand what's, I think there's an argument going on here that he's dealing with in his letter. For what, what if some don't believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar as it is written, that you might be justified in thy sayings and might overcome when you're judged. And as we talked about in the last session, we judge God every day. Today, our decisions will be based on the judgment we judge God with. God has given us His judgment. Here it is, right here in the Word. It'll point us to where he, where he judged sin, and in that place, <coughs> that is our judgment is based in God's eyes on what we do with the cross. Until we make proper judgment, which is an acceptance of the cross of Christ, not just for initial salvation, but taking up our cross daily, that we might have daily bread, daily victory, daily provision of the Lord, only comes through faith in the cross. Nothing else. And folks who say, well, no, it's, it's really faith in Christ and, yeah, faith in Christ and Him crucified. Faith in Christ and anything you do is just somebody using the word out of context because the righteousness of God is only found in Christ Jesus. The status of righteousness of righteous that you have from the Lord is only found as you allowed Him by faith to take your sin and impute His righteousness unto you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. And the path of righteousness that He leads us down, Psalms 23.3, is based on our faith in His Word in its righteous context because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the 
word and we walk by faith. We live by faith in this path of righteousness where oh, the only place where we can bear forth the fruits of righteousness and unto holiness. Think about that. I won't get into that. But man, I sure would like to. <laughs> so maybe the question here is, well, what if, what, if, what if the ones that God gave the word to, what if they don't believe? What if the Jews don't believe? Does that, does that, does that mean that uh, the faith of God is, is, is without effect? Let me tell you something about the faith of God is, the, is equal. It's, you, can't, you can't talk about the faithfulness of God without talking about the truthfulness of God. The truth of God bring, shows forth the faith of God. You know, I, I wonder what we think as Christians when we see in the Word where Jesus stood before Pilate and Pilate asked him, what is truth? Have you ever thought about that? Have you, have you ever given that more than a passing thought? You know it's high time that you and me stop just skipping over stuff in the Bible when we don't understand it. We, we just keep on going. But as I said earlier, if it was $10 million laid out there on the table, we wouldn't just read on past that if it was required. We understand this to be able to get that $10 million. Well, let me tell you something today. It's required for you, before you can put faith in something, you got to know it at least good enough to believe it. You understand that? You might not know the depths in the, the, and nobody will, the depths of God's eternal word, but you have to know it enough at least a little bit to put a faith in it. Amen. The Holy Spirit has to show you these things, but you have to desire to see them. You have to want to see them. And when we just, when we're reading through the Bible and we just read right through and there's something there we don't understand, but we just keep going. No, my friend, we need to stop. What does that mean? And we need to go to all efforts to find out what that means. And not just one preacher, not just one commentary, not just on Google the first thing you read when you Google. You, you need to gather the information and you need to look through. Hear me very carefully. We, you need to look through the finished work of Christ, finished work of Christ to see how this can benefit you today. The revelation of this will only, the, any of God's Word, the revelation of any of God's Word will only shine through the gospel to give you the meaning. Because all God's words are in righteousness. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel from faith that comes from hearing to faith that comes from hearing Romans 1, 16 and 17. That may be one of the most profound things that we've heard as Christians since we've been saved and we've learned now, learning, might I say, the message of the cross, uh, not just for justification, but for daily sanctification. The mo one of the most profound things that, we, that I've ever been taught of the Lord is to look through the message of the cross, through the gospel, because only through those lenses can we see the meaning of God's word. Jesus told Nicodemus, you cannot enter the kingdom or even see it until you're born again. That means until we accept Christ in his way of the cross, we're not saved. We're not born again and they're blinders on. And we can read the Bible. We can even learn it to a point of quoting it. 
but we're not learning it in an experiential way because until we're born again, there is no experience of God's Word for us. There is no benefits from heaven for us. And even once we're born again, if we move our faith from Christ and Him crucified to Christ and I also must, then we go blind again, Peter said. So eyesight is only given by the Holy Spirit through the cross, the gospel, into the Word as that avenue will reveal the living word, the one who is the light, Jesus Christ himself, that we might walk in Christ, abide in Christ, who is our light, that we might walk in the light that he walks in, praise God. So what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make that which God has given of them? The faith of God of no effect? God forbid. And let me say something about the words God forbid. That's not just a figure of speech from Paul. That's something the Holy Spirit said through him. God forbids you to think this way. God forbids you to think this way because God is true and let every man be a liar. As it is written that you might be justified in thy sayings and might overcome when you are judged. God always overcomes. His judgment is Him overcoming. Hallelujah. He overcame all sin at Calvary through His Son, Jesus Christ, dying for us in our sin at the cross. Think about that. God always overcomes. The victory that you will experience today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, all the victories you experience over the bondages, over the chains that have held you. Every experience of victory is God experiencing victory over you again through your faith in the only thing where He triumphed for you at the cross. So without my faith in the cross, there is no victory. I may stop doing this, stop doing that, but but it's not victory the Lord gave unless my faith is in the cross. Verse 5, but if our unrighteousness commends the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who takes vengeance? I speak as a man. What's Paul here? What is the Lord here saying through Paul? If our unrighteousness commends the righteousness of God, that means if, if my sin makes God's righteousness abound and really explode and really be magnified. What shall we say? Is God unrighteous to take vengeance? Let's keep reading. It'll make more sense. That's that's a little tough, but watch. He'll explain it. God forbid. Another one of those God forbids. God forbid. That's not Paul said. God forbid, y'all. No. God forbids you to think that way. If you begin to think that way in, in, in a way that God forbids you to think, don't, don't, can I throw something? Let's turn over to Romans chapter 12. This is very important. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, here's what soberly means, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith. Our thoughts are to be according to the measure 
of faith God has given us. That means our thoughts are to be according to the Word of God that has brought us faith. That measure of faith God gave you. Remember, remember Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And when we heard the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God and what He did at Calvary, then faith came. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Faith came. And when faith came, we overcame. That's tremendous, isn't it? Watch this. So here we see what it means to think soberly. And when God says in His Word, God forbid you to think that way, that means that's over, that thought is out, I'm, God, I'm not going that direction, the thoughts I may be having for me to walk in a place of sobriety, soberness of mind with the Lord, then when God says forbid you think this way, then I take those thoughts that are coming at me and I capture them and I take them to the obedience of Christ, to, his, to the cross. And then the Lord will be able to teach me. Watch this. God forbids, for then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie, which it can't happen, truth can't function in a lie. Truth can't function in a lie. Truth functions in a person called Jesus Christ who is our Savior, who is our Lord, fully man, but yet fully God, who cannot lie. Jesus never told a lie, and he's the truth. The lie cannot function from the truth. A lie is derived by looking at truth and believing something opposite, something contrary. That's what you need to remember when you see in the Bible the phrase, God forbids you to think that way. If you keep thinking that way, you're thinking a lie. You're believing a lie. For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet also am I judged as a sinner? Because liars are judged as sinners. Amen? Liars are judged as sinners. And if liars are judged as sinners, that God's not getting any glory out of that. God's not getting any glory out of that. Look, can we turn back? I know we can. Uh, there, let's, let's, let's look back, if I can get there quickly this morning, to the book of Leviticus, chapter 10. This I preached a couple of weeks ago, a couple of Sundays ago. Strange fire, and, and, and so many things have come. Uh, the Holy Spirit has brought me back to this over, just in my personal study and even in the messages since then. So watch this, Leviticus chapter 10. And we're talking about God can't be glorified in a lie. Death only comes from a lie. The Bible says liars won't inherit heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Liars will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Watch this. Verse 1, Leviticus 10. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not to do. That means whatever they were told by someone else or the lie they made up and believed their own selves. Get that. The lie is something opposite from God's word. So they did something God commanded them not to. So in, instead of obeying God, they obeyed another voice, wherever that voice came from, whether it was the devil or uh, he, I, it, it doesn't matter. 
It was a lie. Watch this. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Watch this, very important. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is that the Lord spoke, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come near me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Now this explains that this what we're talking about in Romans very well. God can't be glorified in a lie. But you can show die for it. Liars will spend their place of eternity in hell. Liars will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Doesn't mean because you've told a lie that you're a liar. But if that's what you're known for, then that's what you are. Amen. We don't lie anymore. The Bible tells the church, lie no more. Tell the truth. Speak the truth. Lie no more. We were liars and thieves and, and all. We were complete breakers of the law. We were more pitiful than we will ever know. We were, oh, we were more pitiful. We were lawbreakers. We were deceived. We were sinners to the utmost degree. It doesn't matter that you weren't out there on alcohol and drugs and doing all. You were still a sinner, and a sinner is a sinner separated from God because we are pitiful, broken. We were the darkness of the world. Ephesians teaches. So understand this. God can't be glorified in a lie. But death comes, rather, because of lies. If, we, if we're not thinking with the mind, sober mind that we've been given through the measure of faith we've been given at salvation, according to our faith in the cross, then we're not going to think soberly. Where do you think the phrase came into the charismatic and, 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 and what the devil's done to pervert Pentecost and the devil has done to pervert uh, 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 a true move of God by phrases coming into the church like, you just need to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. It ain't in your Bible, my friend. What is in your Bible is to be sober, be vigilant, be, be diligent to pay attention, sober-minded, praise God. Be sober, be diligent, be, because your enemy, that your adversary, the devil, you, you, listen, a drunk man don't know what's going on. But boy, these false prophets come along and they say, oh, you, you just need to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And you got people, false prophets like Ken Hagen. I don't care what all he said was right. And I don't know where he is today. I hope that his faith had been one time in Christ and what he did at Calvary. I, I hope so. But I know also bad false spirits begin to take over his meetings as there are countless thousands of ministers today who are telling people false things, lies. God can't be glorified in a lie. There is no sanctification taking place in a lie, yet there is spiritual death taking place in lies. You have to go back and look at Nadab and Abihu. The Lord God has not changed his mind. I will be sanctified by those who come near me. I will be sanctified in those that come near me. That, that's why, and this is a profound and very blunt, and not meaning to be ugly, but we need to know the narrowness of the gospel. The way of the Lord is so narrow. Jesus said most won't accept it. Most are not going to go. Listen. Listen very carefully. Unless we're walking in sanctification, which is a continual acceptance of there being one way, of justification, that my faith cannot move from the cross to something else. Words I speak, anything I do, even biblical things, my faith cannot be there. 
It must be in the cross. And when it moves from the cross, I'm no longer walking in sanctification. God can no, no longer be, He's not being sanctified in my heart. And He's no longer, I'm no longer able to glorify God. God cannot be glorified in a lie. And that's what Paul is saying. Let's get back here. Verse 7, For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? Paul's saying, no, look here. God's not glorified when I'm living a lie. That's not going to make his grace or his mercy abound in my life. Sin can't make God's glory and grace abound in my life. But through repentance and acceptance of the sacrifice of Christ, His glory will overpower and overshadow and, and deliver me from the lie. Living a lie, living in sin, God can't be glorified in that. He can't be glorified in that. Think about that. Never forget what we just read in Leviticus chapter 10. I will be sanctified in them that come near me. And in that process, I will be glorified before all the people. Think about where we are now as New Testament believers. Think about that. We have the Spirit of God, but yet we still have a choice. We're not robots. We have to choose daily to take up our cross to deny ourselves of whatever it is that would prevent us from keeping our faith in the cross of Christ, which is the taking up of our cross and following Christ daily. And when we make that choice, that's a huge choice. It's so huge and so, even though the way is narrow, but people on that narrow way produce this aroma of Christ to those that are living love this aroma that's put off of Christ. But to those who are perishing, rejecting the way of the cross, they hate this. They hate this, what we put off. They say things all the time that they just don't know the way of the Holy Spirit. They're just word people. Listen, unless you're somebody who's still clinging to the word of God, you don't know the way of the Holy Spirit either. The charismatic and, the, and what, the, what the devil has done to Pentecost and what the devil has done through false Pentecostalism and, and this charismaniac mess today has just, and I've been told this, what just happened, you can't find that in the Bible, Curtis. You just have to get that by the Spirit. You get away from that. Because what you can't find in the Bible, there can be no sobriety, no sober thinking. God gave us sober minds according to the measure of faith He gave us. That means our, our, the sobriety of our mind, sober thinking, comes by hearing God's Word. And anybody that says you, what, that, that that's going on right over there, you're not going to find that in the Word. You just got to take, you got to get that in the Spirit. You better get out of there. Don't give another penny to there. That is the devil speaking that to you because it's a lie. And God can't be, those people aren't being sanctified. God's not being sanctified in them and He can't be glorified through that. 
oh, this is powerful today. This has been a good 30 minutes. This has been a great, great session today. I asked the Lord to give us what we needed today. I believe He has began that, and I believe as we meditate on this, as we carry this with us, as we go into our day today and tomorrow, and we, we make notes, we jot down what the Holy Spirit is telling me. And let me say something about writing things down. When it's important enough to you to write it down, and it's not just a passing thought because that's all it's going to be unless you take the initiative to cling to what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you. It'll just be a passing thought instead of an engrafted thought that's imparted into your heart through faith and belief. And the Lord is revealing great things through those ministers He's raising up today that have come back to a place of being a preacher of righteousness. That means we must preach God's Word through the Gospel, the only place it's revealed. And I'm just so thankful to know what I know today. I'm not better than anybody. We're not, we're, listen, we're not better. We're not here touting off that, that nobody, no, people don't know what we know, so I'm not having anything to do with it. No, that ain't us. No, no, no. When people are out there saying that about us, Notice this, my friends. Have enough wisdom to know they're just saying that about us to keep you from ever tuning in or being a part of the true preaching of God's Word. When people talk negative about other people, it's only to build themselves up. And unless you've heard the other side of the story, unless you've allowed someone else to defend themselves, then you just have believed something that more than likely is not true. So I encourage you, tune in every week on Mondays and Thursdays. These Roman sessions are taught and uploaded to my YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316 by lunch, every Monday and every Thursday. I encourage you to tune in, watch them, take notes, ask the Lord, give me what I need out of this because I'm not asking for offerings on on these sessions. If you want to send them, thecrosswaychurch.com is where you donate, but that's not what I do. As a matter of fact, we put everything online that we preach, teach, these sessions, Galatians teaching, the, the, the songs we sing, the messages we preach, it's all out there free. It's all out there free on YouTube. I don't keep anything back so I can sell product. It's all out there for you free. Avail yourselves to it, and I guarantee it, God will bless you in your house. Until next time, until our next session, stay determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. I love you.